1: Welcome back into a Christmas edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four as well on this podcast, and every week we get a chance to talk a little bit of gambling because it's such a big deal. We're almost to the end of the season, and we love our guy Nick Costos who comes in. You better, you bet. He brings his knowledge uh, every week to the show, and we get a chance to talk about a few of the games on the schedule. Now, guys, this is a weird week because Saturday – is going to be a majority of the games. And then we've got a few games, I think three games on Christmas, which is great. I mean, football is football. But because of that, um, I know teams have moved their schedules up. You know, a lot of of things have changed. It's a short week basically for everybody in the National Football League. But before we get started, guys, I do want to ask you, Nick, I want to bring you into this conversation. Baldy, obviously, we lose one of the all-time greats in in Franco Harris. Before we talk about any games and, and lines, I was a little taken back because as a kid, you know, growing up, uh, I'm from Texas. We watched Cowboys. Cowboy fans hated Steelers, but Mm. you respected what the Steelers Mm. had. And once I got into this business and understood how damn good, Baldy, those Steelers teams were with Franco and Terry and Mel Blount, all these guys that ended up going to Hall of Fame. I think they had 10 Hall of Famers on that Mm. defense. You just realize how well the team drafted, how well the ownership was, and then when you lose a great like this, Baldy, it's uh, it's tough, man, especially the way they were going to honor him. And I know they still will, but without him being there this weekend.
2: It's going to be tough, Carl. Uh, you know, the entire league, um, you know, my, my NFL network, I mean, everything was geared to, you know, Christmas Eve, Saturday night in Pittsburgh, a 50-year anniversary of Raiders, Steelers. And Franco was the middle of it. You know, he, I mean, it mean, like he that was going to be the celebration, the immaculate reception and, We honored him yesterday. I did a breakdown of the play yesterday for the network. And, you know, I mean, the tributes that came in, uh, not not unexpected. I mean, every single tribute was the same thing. Soft-spoken, unbelievable guy, caring, community. You know, and, you know, before Franco got there in 1972, the Steelers had eight straight losing seasons, Carl. And one of those seasons was 1-13. And, you know, all these teams out there right now that are trying to emulate – you know, how to turn things around. Well, the Steelers are the ultimate turnaround team. You know, with the way that they drafted, Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, you know, Jack Ham. I mean, you know, Donnie, all the guys, you know, including Franco in 72, you know, the rookie year. And they go and they win that playoff game against the Raiders. So it, it's a tough loss. It's a really tough loss. Um, I, I'm from Pittsburgh, Carl. I've gotten all kinds of texts from people that are still there, friends of mine that live there. And the, the, the city is truly heartbroken. I mean, it was one of their brothers and one of the pillars in the community that people always, you know, saw, counted on golf tournaments, charity events, you name it. Yep. Um, Franco was there. And so it, it's, uh, it's a big loss felt by a
1: lot of people. Yeah, and I had a chance to have him on numerous times over the years at Super Bowls, right? You go, Franco would make his rounds, and they'd bring him by, and he had always had great stories about those teams. I just loved the way he would tell a story about different guys. And, you know, to your point, when you met him, first of all, I don't know if people realize this who've never met him, Franco Harris was a big guy. Big dude. He was like 6'2", 235. He was not a small running back. We're talking about the 70s. So if you think Derrick Henry's a big guy, take that and put that guy in the 70s. Right, exactly. Running against teams that were built to stop the run and this guy still would break you off for 150 170 which tells you how talented he was. So, I'm with you, Baldy. Tough situation. Nick, you have any thoughts on Franco Harris
3: before we move forward? Yeah, like I'm I'm 39 years old. I am a like lifelong diehard football fan and I I remember like my favorite time of year as a football fan was always around the holidays because at the time ESPN would run all those consecutive as we got towards the Super Bowl, like the half hour like Maybe. episode basically about the Super Bowl and about the game and every year as a kid I would sit there and watch every single Super Bowl all in a row consecutively and you can't tell the story of the National Football League Without Franco Harris, he's like an indelible part of NFL history. So anyone that, whether you're from Pittsburgh, whether you're a Steelers fan, whether you're a football fan of a certain age, whether you're someone who's a little younger like me, but like loves the history of the National Football League, it's a, it's a gigantic loss for the NFL community. And again, like you can't tell the story of the league without Franco Harris. It just makes me think of like, those great Steelers teams in the seventies and like the couple great dolphins teams early on. And like the Raiders only won once as great as the Raiders were because the Steelers were in their way. And they got the Cowboys both times in the seventies, just one of the greatest teams in the history of the NFL. And obviously Franco, a big part of that and all the hall of famers on defense, just uh, what a guy, like what a, what a career, like what a life and rest in peace to the great Franco Harris.
1: Let's shift gears, guys, and talk about some of the games that we'll get a chance to watch. And uh, we've got some interesting ones Mm -hmm. on the schedule. Nick, I want to start with the Bengals. At Foxborough, three-point favorites. Nobody's more on fire right now than the Bengals. Explain this number to me. Three points on the road against New England?
3: Yeah, so it's a lot of respect, I think, for Cincinnati to be this big of a favorite on the road at New England, actually. It feels like it's only a little bit, but, like, you factor in home field advantage for the Patriots, the way the Patriots lost the game last week to the Raiders, and this is my thought. Like, I watched the Bengals-Bucks game last week, and, like, Burrow racked up, like, the stats and had the touchdowns, and the Bengals won by double digits. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were addicted to turning the football over. Couldn't get enough of it. Five straight possessions, so... I don't think the Bengals played like extraordinarily well on offense in the game. It was just Tampa's like, here, here's the ball on our 17-yard line. What are you going to do with it? And, Baldy, you were on You Better You Bet on Wednesday. You pulled Joe Burrow an assassin. You are right because you give him the ball in those spots. He's going to make you pay. So as far as this game is concerned, I don't want to give the Bengals as much credit as a lot of people are giving them for the performance this past Sunday. As far as this game is concerned, if the number is going to be three, Cincinnati minus three on the road, that number is fine. I make my projected point spreads in the NFL. I make Cincinnati a point road favorite in the game. The spread is totally fine. Earlier in the week, it was four. It was three and a half. That's when I bet New England. So my thought is, is as we approach kickoff, I think people will have interest in Cincinnati and also not have interest in the Patriots after what we saw last week, as bad as their offenses looked. So Mr. Dukes, here would be my betting advice. All wait right. until, wait until kickoff. When Cincinnati goes back up to a three and a half point favorite, I would actually take the points with the Patriots. If Bengals win this game. I think they win it by three points. New England above three would be my bet in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots won the game outright.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the Bengals are a better team. It's it's hard to watch the Patriots, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, you kind of they only can play one way. You know, it's it's run, run, run. You know, dink and dunk. I mean, there's just nothing explosive about the team. Defensively, they're a very solid team. You know when you look at what Matt Judon and Josh Uche have done and can do, um, you know they can they can help keep the score down. They play good good man coverage. Uh, they got these young corners, Marcus Jones. I mean these kids are good young players, and they know how to, they know how to defend. So I, I believe the score will be down. The weather will be cold, uh, you know. But I think that the Bengals all around are a very complete team. And what Logan Wilson, what DJ Reader. You know what Sam Hubbard, like these guys, Mike Hilton, these guys are good football players. They play well. It's a good scheme that they have in Cincinnati. So I think the, the line seems about right, but I, I think the Bengals get their seventh win in a row.
1: Yeah, I do too, Baldy. All right, guys, a couple more games here with Nick. Again, you better, you bet. Check out his podcast as well. Whether or not Jalen Hurts plays, do you like the point spread in the Cowboys Eagles game, Nick?
3: So I think a couple contingencies here, like let's talk about if Hertz definitely doesn't play and it's Gardner Minshew right now, the point spread guys and depending on people listen to this is about Dallas minus four and a half. That's what we call in the betting community. It's an in-between number. That's in between Jalen Hurts starting for the Eagles and Gardner Minshew starting for the Eagles. So the expectation in the betting market is likely that Jalen Hurts is not going to play. I think intuitively, logically, it makes sense. Philly's a forward thinking organization. They beat the Saints next week or the Giants in week 18. They are the one seed in the NFC's champion and have home field. So the importance on this game, and you want to beat Dallas, beat your rival, obviously heading into the postseason. They, this is not a must win game for the Eagles. I think they're going to hold Jalen out even if Jalen's like kind of good to go here. I think it'll be Gardner Minshew. And I, I don't know that for a fact. It's just my thought. Like I also thought Josh Allen wasn't going to play against the Vikings and he did, or Herbert against the Jaguars, and he did. So if it's Gardner Minshew, the point spread's going to go up to at least six, like Dallas minus six in the game. Like that's what's going to happen. And if that's the case. And we get word that Philly's like going to play everybody else because would it shock anyone? Remember week 17 a couple years ago, here's Nate Sudfeld against Washington. Like Philly does this stuff sometimes, right? Why wouldn't they pull their starters if the game gets out of whack in a game that they don't need? If we get word that Philly's trying to win this game and it's just Minshew and everyone else is going to play and they're going for the jugular, For four quarters to try and win, Dallas's secondary is in rough shape, man. Baldy, you did a great job detailing it on the on you better you bet yesterday. Why can't Minshew connect with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? And Dallas Goddard back off IR for Philly was great last year when Gardner Minshew started. Um, So Philly plus six—that has to be the number. I'd be interested in the Eagles. My man Dukes, if it's Jalen Hurts starting on Saturday night, the spread will close. Dallas probably close to a three-point favorite, but not there, in which case I'll have no interest in betting the game because I don't know what I'm going to get from Jalen Hurts.
2: Well, I I live in the area, and Jalen's not playing in this game. All right. I mean, whether he wants to or not, I mean, they're just going to keep him out of harm's way. It makes no sense. Like Justin Fields a couple weeks ago. You should bet you know, Dallas he, then. <laughs> you
3: should bet Dallas because you, you will get well, ahead of this year. If you the only thing is, baseball.
2: is this Gardner Mitchell, you know, he just did a, a tribute to Mike Leach the other day. He did. But this kid is he, he's he's an unusual guy, but he loves to play. And I think we're going to find out an awful lot about Philadelphia. And just how complete this team is. I think it's the best secondary in football. I think it's the best defensive line in football. Like the best offensive line in football. They're a complete team. And I think when Gardner goes in there, now I know you got to go into Dallas and, you know, it's, it's Christmas Eve and all this stuff. This is a complete team of Philadelphia. And I don't get the feeling that Dallas is a complete team. I just don't. I What Dak did the other day, he did not play great. No. Uh, the team didn't play great. They ex- – Jacksonville exposed some weaknesses, specifically the secondary. And maybe the pass rush against an elite offensive line isn't that great. It wasn't that great uh, when they played back in week six. And so, you know, they've got, you know, Lane Johnson's going to Pro Bowl and going to be a first-team All-Pro for a reason. And if Mikey goes over there, Lane doesn't have any fear of Micah Parsons or Tank Lawrence. They battle you every year. I, I feel like the Eagles can certainly cover this for sure. But I I expect him to go down there and win the game,
1: Baldy. I think love it. Their identity is why I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. With or without Jalen, they have built their identity, and I don't think that changes. I know it's a quarterback league, right? I talk about it all the time, but I don't think that changes in a game like this. The, number one against takeaways, right? Uh, you know the defense sacks. You you just talk about the things that matter. That doesn't go away because Jalen's not playing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you on this. I think they go down there and they have a real chance to win. And uh whether they cover or not, Nick, I'm on it. I, I hear you with the Cowboys, depending on that Jalen decision. But I, I'm leaning that he doesn't play either. It just doesn't make sense. And you don't necessarily absolutely have to have this one. You got they two need, need
2: Jalen for January, is where they yes. need it. So they're yeah. not, you know, I know I look, I know Jalen pretty well. Like the, the kid has a great deal of Bounce back, come back. He played with two bad ankles last year.
3: Look what happened in Alabama coming back from that. The guy's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I mean, the guy's a warrior. But, you know, sometimes warriors need to take the day off. Even (laughs) if it's the biggest game of the year, they need to understand the bigger picture. Yeah. And by the way, this team loves Gardner Minshew. I expect him to rally around Gardner. And, you know, as a rallying cry. And so, uh, you know, I, you're going to get a good performance for the Eagles Saturday night.
3: Carl, Nick, can I let's, toss this out there? Just last thing yeah, on this game. If you, if, if if the people listening, if you guys agree with Carl and Baldy, and me to a degree, and you think the Eagles can be competitive with Minshew, don't bet this game now. Wait until Minshew's officially announced. The number's going to go up. You will get a more advantageous number with Philadelphia. If you like Dallas, Baldy's basically telling you he lives in Philly. He's not saying it 100% that Jalen's not going to play. I would bet the Cowboys now. If you think that that's going to be true, because the numbers going to go up if, and when Minchus announces the starter.
1: Nick Costos, you better you bet. He joins us on a weekly basis guys. We're counting down to the end of the season. It's in the huddle, Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four. All right. One other game I've got for you. And we you always talk about these key numbers, three, seven, 10. All right. Let's talk dolphins and Packers. And why is it three and a half in this game? What's going on with this particular spread?
3: Yeah. A lot of interest in green Bay, a lot of interest in green Bay from the betting market. And we had a, not just Baldy came on you better. You bet on Wednesday. We had a couple people that I really respect and they're all like the dolphins are going to score 40 points on this Packers defense. (laughs) I'm a little, I'm a little nervous right now. Now I'm kind of like reevaluating my opinion on this game. For me, it was just the number came out and this is kind of like what sports betters do. Like we try to get ahead of things. Right. So I kind of know before the Monday night game is played, this would be my projected point spread. If the game goes Packers and Rams, the way, I think it's going to go on Monday night, which is green Bay winning comfortably. And I came up with like a point spread in this range, Miami, like minus four and a half was my number. So I'm thinking like, okay, I think this is going to open like six. And if that's the case, I need to bet green Bay immediately. So I'm literally like a sitting in the dark on Monday night after the game ends in my living room, turn the Christmas light off. Cause the, uh, the lights bothering me at that point, it's staring at the screen all day. And I'm refreshing my bet MGM. I'm waiting for a six so I could bet green Bay. So I'm sitting on green Bay plus six here, but like, a lot, way too much interest, in my opinion, guys, in Green Bay to get this number down almost to three. It's a lot of respect for the Packers. I don't know if Green Bay has earned this respect, and I think Green Bay can keep this game close. <coughs> it might be live to win this game. We're starting to get into a range point spread-wise where, like, this number can never be close to three. Like, in between three and six, like, in the in-between zone there, I think is totally fine for Miami to be favored. Six I thought was too much. Three is way too little. So we're actually in a range now where I would only consider betting the Dolphins. I'm sitting on a Packers bet from earlier in the week at Green Bay plus six. I know Baldy's got a strong take on this game that, that candidly has me very nervous about how it's going to play out.
2: Well, I thought we saw like, there was no moral victories in this league, but we, we saw the Dolphins play well offensively against the Buffalo bills in that weather. They ran the ball as well as they run it all year. And that's what I've been waiting for from this Mike McDaniel offense is Raheem Mostert to go off, because the design of the plays are, are very clever. And M- Mostert's got elite speed. I haven't seen the Packers defend anybody all year. They've they won two in a row. They beat the, the Bears, and they they beat a depleted Rams team. Um, big whoop. Like, this is not a good football team right now. And, and I just think the Dolphins, I, I think this team is going to rally. I think they're going to finish strong. I think you're going to get back to what the Dolphins look like for the first half of the season, which was a scary football team. And I think the ball, I think Tua played very well the other night. No turnovers, got the ball to his wide receivers. And I think these guys, the two of them, I think Tyreek and Jalen Waddell um, have no fear about this Green Bay team. The, The pass rush has not been there. They've been awful against the run. I think the Dolphins put up a huge number in this game. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers can
1: help to keep it close right now. Yeah, I think they're due. I think Miami's due. They did impress me as well. Nick, we got to get out of here, man. Tell the people where they can find your podcast.
3: Yeah, you better you bet. Just search you bet wherever you find your podcast. We're on live 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on weekdays. Our weekend show this week comes on Christmas Eve, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1. We're off on Christmas Day. Majority of the games on Christmas Eve. We'll get you set to bet the games on Saturday, the three games on Sunday. By the way, two-team teaser with Tampa and the Rams on Sunday. Pay for the Christmas presents, hopefully. And also the NBA games on Christmas Day, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern.
1: Nick, great job. We will talk to you next week. Merry Christmas, my man. Enjoy. Merry Christmas, Nick.
3: Wishing everyone Minimal Sweats winning bets the absolute very best of luck. Merry Christmas to you guys and your families, all the listeners, all of their families.
1: There he is, guys, Nick Costos.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.